Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. I'm Jay, and welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, Superman and Lois Season 1, the first Arrowverse series premiere to be entirely set on Earth Prime. Tyler Hecklin and Elizabeth Tullock star as the title characters Clark Kent Superman, a costume superhero, and Lois Lane, a journalist for the Daily Planet. I know that we all know this, but so I'll put it in there. This yeah. is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. Yeah. Um, season one of a TV show. Season one of an Arrowverse TV show. Uh, right off the bat, before we get into the performances, I found it really strange. No references to any of the heroes on this show. I'm like, you're we're like nine or ten years into the Arrowverse. What about John Diggle? Spartan. Yeah, I know, but yeah, <laughs> and for the rest, like, I uh, you've watched Supergirl, right? You're, you're up to date or semi up to date, one episode behind, but yes. Hey, listen, I am with you. It is <laughs> very bizarre that Supergirl hasn't appeared. I mean, yeah. we've seen this Superman on the Supergirl show, yeah, it's been a part of. Two crossovers, Elseworlds and Crisis. Yeah. Other than Diggle, I agree. On one hand, it is strange that no other characters turn up, but at the same time, I'm glad that this is kind of, even though it is, it's almost like it's kind of Arrowverse, but it still is. I like that it takes place in its own little corner of the Arrowverse. Yeah, but... Didn't Lois and Clark go and live on like a new Krypton? They did because that's where she fell pregnant because it was, I think, Argo, Argo City. But when they were there, they had no powers or Clark had no powers. Yeah. And that's the thing that confused me for the villain of the show, which we'll get to later on. I'm like, like, we need to resurrect Krypton. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're talking to a guy who literally lived with Kryptonians. Like, let me go away. Okay. That's let me show show's history. <laughs> let me get this out of the way first, then, because I've I've prepped something and it's around retconning. I didn't yeah. realize it was going to be an early talking point. <laughs> Some aspects are retconned from Supergirl, both coming from creative liberties and as a result of the crisis on Infinite Earths event, including Lois and Clark having two sons, Lois getting pregnant several years earlier than when she did pre-crisis, the Kryptonian pod appearance, Clark being able to orbit Earth, which Kara could not without a special suit, Clark's proposal to Lois, and his heat vision now being traditionally red instead of blue. That's a lot of the changes. When this show was first being announced, even before that actually, the, the end of crisis up until that point they had one kid and it was lois asking superman to come home and she made reference to the boys what people were thinking based on that is that what superman and lois was going to be they'd have their son john kent but the other son would actually be damian wayne this was a rumor obviously 
you know, the pilot happened. We found out what it was really going to be. But there was a lot of speculation at the time because crisis did reset and change a lot of things. And one of the big things, they went from one kid to two. Oh, so it was like with the Arrowverse where Diggle went from having, after Flashpoint, a son to having a daughter. Which is messed up. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing that happened. But then in the future, he's still got a son. Legends, season one, he's the new Green Arrow. Ollie's got one arm. That's a whole other thing. Arrowverse, it's messy. But I, yeah. I like it, don't get me wrong. But this is a different thing. They've made such a massive improvement to the Superman costume in this show. Like the yeah. one that it had before, it didn't quite sit right on the actor. The, the, yeah, the, uh, the shield was all the way on the neckline and the cape yeah. kind of clipped into it. And he had like metal plates holding the cape. And they, they used that for Supergirl now, her current costume, when they gave her pants, they got rid of the red skirt. And her cape is similar to that. Superman costume in the first had Tyler Hecklin wears. I'm glad that they've upgraded the suit. But saying that though, we get we get two costumes on Superman in this show. Um, the, the main one, very yep. Snyder esque, very Snyder esque. It is, um, but I great. like it. it. Yeah, I I agree. I just there's times the, where. Uh, it appears lighter than others. I don't like a lot of the time it's really muted to the point yeah. where you, you sometimes don't even see the yellow in the S shield. Yeah. Um, but the ones when you see some of his flashback origins, that traditional Shuster Siegel shoot. Oh, so the first, the first episode, the pilot, which pays homage to Action Comics issue one, which we all know was Superman's debut. They they have him wear the Golden Age costume, and it is for the first time in live action. And we also get to see the famous green car from the cover that's also featured, yeah. which oh, is it looks brilliant. So good. It I looks love amazing. And I'm glad that they did bring it back later on in the season but i love seeing that in the opening and you know that opening it's so rapid fire everything happens so quickly but i do like the fact about the golden age costume that little boy makes reference to the costume and superman says my mum made it for me yeah i love that great absolutely love that yeah um so we yeah we'll get we'll get back to the actors uh tyler Auckland is great. Both Clark Kent and Superman. Um, man, he's good. Uh, his Clark Kent is earnest and well, and even tempered and still dorky as he should be. But you know, he's, it's so brilliant. But, and his Superman is like great. And they allow him to get angry a couple of times, which, yeah. I I like because who was it who was saying uh, I think it was Scott uh, Grant Morrison or someone like that. Their take on Superman has always been like the reason why he has all this patience and why he can do all these things is because he's like an adult with tiny little children, regardless of how much power they have of like, I can have all the patience. You can tantrum and throw things and it's never going to harm me. But when it comes to someone of equal strength, like a, 
another Kryptonian. That's an, another adult, which is when things get hairy or when they attack his family. And then the red eyes come out and the bit more threatening. Um, and he, he has an intensity when he does it. It's so good. Um, I have nothing but positive things to say about his performance. Oh, I, uh, yeah, with you. I from think from that first episode, he was in Supergirl as well. The second I saw him that episode, I'm like, that's a really good get for a Superman. He is. He, yeah. I mean, for me at first, when he appeared as, in Supergirl, it's like, even though I didn't watch it, I knew he was the guy from Teen Wolf. And it's like, yeah. oh, okay. And it, there was a, a Tom Hanks movie where he played his son, I think Road to Perdition. He was, he was in that, but obviously he was a lot younger in that. Yeah. But I think he's a lot better in his own show, in this show, where Superman, yeah. he's, you know, for the most part, the only superhero in the show will get to the other character. But they, it comes across as Superman larger than life. Yeah. We know the actor, height-wise, is not the tallest guy. I've yeah. not got his exact measurements, but I do know from seeing him in those crossovers, often Superman looks short. And that yeah. did throw me off a little bit. But you don't get that in this show. Like he even then he carried himself well and he was a good clerk and a and a good a good Superman. But everything that he was doing previously he's just elevated in in this show. And he really he really is fantastic. I mean what this show does, they give us evil Superman. Because that's yeah. the thing, isn't it? If even before yeah. they give us evil Superman, we get Jordan, one of his sons, in the pilot playing the Injustice game. Or is it Injustice yeah. or is it DC yeah, versus yeah. Mortal Kombat? DC versus Mortal Kombat because his son was playing Raiden. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. Because at first I'm thinking, hang on, is this Injustice where Superman? After the loss of Lois, murders Joker. But you're right, yeah, it's the it's the Mortal Kombat game. So they show us a darker Superman kind of in that video game. But later on in the episodes, they have it. So he's been turned, he's doing it to protect his family. But we're getting evil Superman, then it's like, oh, okay, here we go. This seems to be the thing now. And I've read the same thing as you from Grant Morrison. He doesn't believe that would ever happen. He, he yeah. really doesn't, but it's what we've been told. We've had a version of an evil Superman in Superman Red Sun, and of yeah. course, you know, we've mentioned Injustice, but it, it's a thing they tend to do with the character. What, you know, even in you know, Joss Whedon's Justice League, he turns on the rest of the league. But yeah. what we're getting in this movie, that yes, he is turning, and we do get an evil Superman in the repurposed black costume from the what was it from Elseworlds so we get to yeah. see that again but the love for his wife and children it breaks through yeah and I, see, that that worked for me because I can yeah, believe same. I can believe that you know like most people he's vulnerable to corruption yeah but it didn't take hold and yeah. again it, it was for me. It's it's the best version of that story that we've seen a lot of lately. Yeah. What I don't buy is that Superman would keep his own secret identity from his children. 
that's one of those things I had to just like when it gets introduced in the first episode, I'm like, he would never do that, but all right. Okay, I'll go with you. I'll see where this goes. But I, in the back of my head, I'm like, Superman will do that. But I get that. Okay, okay. I get that he would do it out <laughs> of trying to protect them. In fact, you know what? Let's a quick a quick sidebar, right? Yeah. <laughs> what what I I mean, there's many things that I like, if not sometimes love about this show, is that the story we're getting, portrayal of familiar characters we're getting we've never seen on screen before. Like we've never seen, I know in the comics now, you know, Jonathan Kent, Superboy, he's the new Superman. That's the thing. But what we're getting on screen, everything we've had before is before this. Like that rapid fire intro in the pilot, how Lois and Clark first meet. I mean, Tyler Hecklin is very Christopher Reeve in that moment. Yeah, proposing children, it's all happening so quickly. So when this pilot starts properly, we're at a point in his life that we've not seen before. So it's kind of like, you know, oh, I don't think he would do that. But this is, we've not spent time with this Superman before. Yeah. So I do get where you're you're coming from. And I've got to say, being a parent myself, you know, I've been a fan of Superman my whole life. He's never been more relatable than what he is on this show. I love yep. the fact that he is Superman out there, but at home, he's dad. He's a husband. Yep. I'm loving all of that family drama. And of course, we get the superheroics as well. But I do get where you're coming from. But, you know, he does have a reason. He wants to protect them. He doesn't want to put them in a position where they have to protect his secret because they don't actually know it themselves. I like the way that he revealed who he was to them and he lifts the tractor, which is very similar to the moment of baby Kal-El in Superman, the movie when he lifts the tractor. I thought that was pretty cool. And his kids don't take the news. Well, they really don't. And especially Jordan who's suffering with social anxiety and then he's on various medications. And then he's blaming in the early episodes on what's happening to him is because of being half human, half Kryptonian. There's just so yeah. much drama there. And then he's, his brother, Jonathan, who doesn't have any powers. There's just so much going on. And honestly, I did like Elizabeth Tullock in the episodes of Supergirl and the crossovers that we had. But when we see him in this show, she's like she could end up being my favorite Lois Lane. Yeah, she does a really great job. I mean, the actress must be a mother because she really sells, like, not just the the exacerbation, but also the hurt and the, like, frustration and the, like, trying to stay tempered but not. Like, that's these are things a parent has learned. Like, this is not a, oh, my friends are bugging me. This is like, a, no, you don't understand. You, you, you can't die. This all falls back on me. Like, yeah. I'm not going to survive this. Um, the only, th- like, she's amazing. She's great chemistry with uh, Tyler. Um, she's, you know, the, she seems to be really good at, like, at forming that, I won't say quite chemistry, because that's not quite the right word, I don't think, for the uh, actors playing a son's. 
like you know the the roles feel very genuine she says really good job and you know she's got that lois lane spunk um because in the when you when you read the comics uh and depending on what version of lois lane you've seen either whether it be smallville or the superman animated series version lois lane can very easily come across as kind of a bitch um and there's none of that here um it's like oh no this is just someone who's passionate and has conviction and has been here and like you know has experience for this sort of thing um and they they really intelligently write a lot of that inspiration being from or her dad was a military man and you know clearly had his priorities as military first family second um and she learned like if i want to get somewhere like i don't want that but i definitely want to be like that focused on whatever it is i was doing um all that works my only one critique of her is whenever she was on an emotional scene where she had to cry she wasn't quite there she couldn't yeah i don't know if it's um the nature of the shows or how they set up the the shooting days when she's got to do something that heavily emotional, whether it's in the morning or the afternoon, she's tired or whatever, or she's gone from doing an action beat and now they're like, all right, come over here. We need you to do an emotional beat and she needs more prep work or something, but, or maybe that she finds the script clunky because superhero dialogue can be notoriously like wordy. But yeah, she um on multiple occasions throughout the season, I was like, like your line delivery and everything's all there, your body language is there, but it's I'm not sell- you're not selling it to me on the face. It's like there's something missing. Like you're not making me emotion. Uh, you're not me making me feel your like, like maybe you don't cry well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I was I was waiting for it. There's there's gonna be a book because you was yeah you were dishing out so much praise for her. But that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's a small thing. Like I'm not a person who can cry either, but I also, you know, it's, and you don't, it's, you don't, you don't get paid to cry. <laughs> no, but also and it's more typical thing. Usually with a male actor, like, like I, I thought of Prophet Thunder, actually Jackson here can't cry, but there is, <laughs> yeah, there's a few times during the season when she's in this big emotional scenes, that's all popped in my head. I'm like, Oh, like, that's that's tough like um because when you hear actors talk about scenes of that nature it really is being vulnerable and uh and like in front of a when you're on set there's like like dozens of people behind that camera like that's got to be uncomfortable like i've got to like break down all my barriers and be completely open and like raw and let all this emotion out and be genuine while still taking direction and delivering my lines correctly and hit my baits and waiting for the other person to respond. I'm like, that's gotta be tough. Like I've done acting classes, um, <laughs> nothing emotional, yeah. thank God. But yeah, I'm like, yeah, it's just, yeah, she just didn't, that was the one critique I had of her. I thought she was phenomenal throughout everything. It's just, that's one tiny bait. I've got to say, I, didn't notice that, but now I'm sure I will. Thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, season two, you'll be like, oh my God, he's right. She can't cry. <laughs> we should say as well, of course, yeah, we are getting to season two. That's, that's, that's excellent. It was apparently the 
fastest pickup at the CW for a second season. I think maybe the pilot had aired and he got picked up for a second season. And until Superman and Lois, it, the Flash had the record as the quickest pickup. I think that was like a couple of episodes in. Just one more thing yeah. on uh, Tullock before we move on. She requested Lois Lane's wardrobe is often made of direct recreations of outfits from the comics. And she certainly dresses the part of Lois Lane. And this is even down to her earrings. Like she was very conscious of having, having that look. Yeah, very smart as well. Because, you know, Clark, he, Tyler just gets to wear like flannelette. And as long as those glasses are on, like, yep, that's Clark Kent. Um, but yeah, for a professional woman, it's a lot more difficult, especially, you know, for those like us who read the comics, like she has a very specific style, sense of style. Um, and what I did like is she like being herself conscious like that of like, no, 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 sh- I need, to, I need a Lois Lane-esque um, wardrobe. No need to be plunging necklines, like skin tight clothing. Like those are, she's wearing, as I said, professional stuff. Like when it's cold out, she's wearing cold weather gear because one, she's a mother. <laughs> Two, she's a professional woman. It's not part of her repertoire. Um, yeah. So yeah. It, 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 Honestly, it's, it's something subtle that you, you, I can notice on other shows, regardless of whether it's a, a drama or whatever, of like, Oh, okay. That's an awfully revealing shot for this kind of a, 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 a scene. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, her performance in this, like, it's, and it wasn't until watching this show that it, it's the first time that Lois has really felt like a real, fully developed person. Like, you know, just, you know, the performance, the wardrobe and everything else. I mean, an episode in particular where she absolutely breaks down and, and what she, you know, the emotion is just raw and you're like, wow. And it's, and there's so many layers to this character. Like it's not Terry Hatcher being plucky on Lois yeah. and Clark. It's, we're just getting a fully rounded character i think for the first time like we had like erica jorance on smallville she played a version of the character and would come and go and we spent a lot of time with that with that actress but there's just something about this lois on this show whether it's because we're seeing her be a mother and not just a girlfriend or husband of superman but she just felt fully rounded to me except for the fact as you say she apparently can't cry but other than that (laughs) She just, she, she felt like a real person and not just yeah. an adaption of a comic book character. Yeah. And, you know, she has believable, like, consistent motivations for all of her actions, which is a, a big thing for any character on any show of, like, you know, it's, it's a typical thing. And I think we've brought it up on previous podcasts. It's like, these days, someone goes to... I need to deliver information or have an, a, a, an out with this person. And they rock up at that person's house or what their place of work. They have half a minute, a minute's worth of dialogue and then immediately leaves to go elsewhere. I'm like, could have called them on the phone. That's how you do it in real life. <laughs> but that's not very cinematic. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and there's none of that here because it, they're a bit more aware of that. I guess they put the extra footwork in of like, 
Yeah, these days, like, teenagers send texts or they call themselves or, like, you know, like, this, can we get around, like, them not doing that? Like, why would, why would General Lane rock up at the Kent's house rather than just calling? Well, because he's delivering sensitive information and he doesn't want that on a public phone record. Like, yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. That's, That's why he goes out of his way. Like and if he and if he if he is something more crucial, he just activates his little buzzy thing, and Clark comes to him, and then he can deliver it face to face. Like they use that quite a lot. Yeah. To call the dad, and do you know what? Yeah. I really like it. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like but, it to be smaller. Jimmy has a watch. <laughs> but that's the thing, isn't it? A mobile phone size thing. But that, that's like we were talking about before. You mentioned Jimmy. That's Jimmy from Supergirl, James Olsen, who yeah. at one time was running Catco, yeah. whose sister is now the new Guardian on Supergirl. Yeah. And are they like, going to... So obviously, they know they that like, you can miniaturize this down into a watch. Like, makes sense for the kids. They're not, like, if they're in class, are you playing on your phone? No, no, miss. That's my, uh, my special buzzer in case I need to talk to my dad. But do you know what? When in doubt, blame the crisis retcon. Yeah. That yeah. changed things. You mentioned Sam Lane a couple of times. Here played by Dylan Walsh. Yeah. Who I think is excellent in this. And whether this is due to crisis or not, we did have General Lane in the first season of Supergirl, and it was a different actor. It was... Glenn Morshower. Let's blame Crisis. Whenever anything yeah. doesn't quite line up, when in doubt, blame Crisis. But we've got Dylan... Or a warlock. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but here we've got Dylan Walsh, and I think he's great. And there's, it could even be the pilot, actually. And Superman's looking to limit his activity as Superman because he wants to be there for his family. And, you know... Sam Lane is basically saying that, you know, Superman can't have the life that you want. It just can't happen. I warned you when, you know, you first found out. And and it's a very different Sam Lane than I'm used to, whether it's Michael Ironside on Smallville, the other versions of Sam Lane. Because I guess the obvious Marvel comparison for me has always been Thunderbolt Ross. He's that, that type of guy. But this is Sam Lane who is on Superman's side because it's yeah. his son-in-law. He's got grandchildren. So it, again, it's a point in the life of these characters that we've not seen before. And yeah. It just and makes for also, interesting viewing. And again, his motivations, he's still very much general lane of like, everything's like, like work is orientated. Everything's going through a work filter. I mean, he is taking extra precautions to uh, protect his uh, daughter and grandchildren and son-in-law. Um, but yeah, it I never read weird of like ah, that's not what that's not the general lane I know. Like from the get-go, like I get it. Even outright like manipulation of like get, trying to get his way. And, like I think you're wrong. You're an idiot. Like uh, someone who's used to a, world, a life of secrets, like. Don't go telling people. That's a that's a dumb idea. Why would you do that? Why would you put me in that position? Yeah. Why do I even bother doing all of this? Like that's another like 
that's an exacerbated parent. That's like, oh, this again. <laughs> but it's that like, thing, when you get to it? my age, you'll know. <laughs> it, it's that thing where, you know, circumstances have changed. And this yeah. is a different moment in Sam Lane's life. And there's even the episode where it's like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to get rid of all the kryptonite. Yeah. And it's Clark, it's Superman that's saying, no, you need to keep some because what if I turn? And then yeah. there's the episode, I mean, Morgan Edge, that whole thing. <laughs> he is Morgan Edge, he's not Morgan Edge. And even that is a retcon because we've got a different Morgan Edge, I think in Supergirl. <laughs> but then you find out who he's really, who he really is. The secret Kryptonians, the consciousness, it's, anyway, so it's a, it's a whole thing that takes up a lot of <laughs> this first season. Uh, other Kryptonians that we get, though, we get Jor-El. Yep. And gotta be honest, when it comes to the casting, they've really gone in a different direction with this Jorel. And the reason why I'm saying that, he looks like a villain. He looks like a bad guy. I don't know if it's the black goatee. I don't know what it is. But they've got Angus McFadden as Jorel. Yeah. And he looks um, like a wrong one. <laughs> yeah. He also is predominantly wearing a dark color as well on his hologram, which doesn't help. Traditionally, he's, you only get a voice rather than a physical thing, or he's very much in like all white, like classically, like what, um, Martin brand, Marlon Brando wore. So, okay. There's yeah. usually a variation of that or so got more brand- like Greek flowing robes. Mm. Like it's more, it's more serene, but like he's wearing. It's not his clothing, thing. though. It's the it, bloke. Yeah. It looks like a yeah. bad guy, almost a mustache twirling bad guy. If they were, he to also reveal, has a like a, would, the Roman haircut as well. If there was reveal, like a bait and switch, turns out that wasn't Jorel all along. It was an imposter. I'd have bought it hook, line, and sinker. Like, yeah. But no, this guy. Jor-El. It was Zod. It's like <laughs> I knew it. Yeah, but this no, this guy is is um. Is Joel. And yeah, so you're looking at other examples of live action Joel's that we've had. Brando in 78, in Lois and Clark, David Warner, Russell Crowe in Man of Steel. I just think yeah. they've gone in a very different direction. I don't know this actor outside of the show, but you know, he's helpful at times. I just think, I don't know, I was quite surprised when Clark first goes to the fortress and that's. That's the Jorel that we're going to get. Yeah. Um, and maybe not get for a season two, given what happened to his son, Sun Crystal. Yeah. I, I didn't expect as much to do with Krypton as, as what we got in this first season, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. I expected more like villain of the week stuff. I pr- I prefer it to be more moving along, uh, and the fact that it's fifteen episodes, like this is a good length. I don't need you to go lowering it out to twenty two, but yeah, maybe a few more self contained arcs. Yeah, I'm hoping nice. season two is going. I mean, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed what we got in this first season, but yeah, yeah with you, I I don't quite want freak of the week that we got in Smallville. But yeah. it's kind of like 
this is the main story. It's kind of, okay, so we're kind of we're gonna have to ride this story out until the finale, which you know there's again still a lot to like. I mean, Morgan Edge. Let's talk about this guy played by Adam Rayner, but he's not really Morgan Edge. I mean, yes. this is a guy from the comics we know from Metropolis. I mean, didn't he work with Intergang? Uh, that's yeah. who he was, more of like a street level type character. But no, we find in reality. Is Tal Rowe, the half-brother of Superman. And you're like, hang yeah. on, what? What? <laughs> like, what's going on? And then yeah. my first thought was, oh, yeah, evil-looking Jor-El. But no, it was nothing to do with Jor-El. It was Clark's mother, Lara. And Had a Tal previous Rowe's family. Father. And honestly, a lot of the casting, we've praised the leads, right? So let's go from the casting of Jor-El to the casting of Tal Rowe's father. Who's ancient, like <laughs> way too old to be someone who was like married oh, to I, Lara Zor-El. I mean, visually reminded me of uh, the Fratelli's mum from Goonies. I'm like, yeah. what is... What is going on? I mean, gave a yeah. strong, mean performance. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know, it a got good the villain. job done. Yeah, but I'm like, the casting of the Kryptonians, of the older Kryptonians for me, was just odd with the show. Yeah, and, you know, Morgan Edge, uh, Adam Rayner's doing a good job. Like, British accent. Like, Americans love a British accent on a villain. We're all evil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, lands in England, which is why he's got a problem, because they immediately try and kill him. I uh, I was watching that thinking, like, yes, well, you know, he didn't have a stiff upper lip. No, <laughs> like, he wasn't eating his tea and crumpets. Like, there's a bit of that, uh, like, oh, yeah, of course, he landed in England. Of course, he turned out to be a bastard. But um, also, but it's not so much, it's less of that and more of the, the like, psychological and mental and emotional torture from his father which it takes a long time to get that that's like the last quarter of the season you get more of his backstory of like how he ended up this way um but as what with what he's got given i think adam rayner did a good job um unfortunate not a lot to work with he is the villain from the get-go yeah know, from the get-go like He's got a name like Morgan Edge. He takes over the planet. He uh, fires Clark. You're like, oh, that's, these are all dick moves. Uh, and it only gets worse from there. Um, yeah. yeah. He doesn't have, he has, you know, he has his, uh, his Harley Quinn or his uh, like type person, Zeta Rowe, who is very much like, I am a henchwoman. <laughs> Look at me, hench. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. And listen, she henches well. She plays yeah. the the part well. But yeah, definitely more characters are developed than others. Some characters yeah. are just there. I mean, you recognize a lot of the same faces when in Smallville, whenever there's yeah. a gathering. But that's absolutely fine because it's Smallville. It makes sense that you get to see the same actors. But a lot are under developed but you know going back to morgan edge when he's edge the actor gets to do a lot more as that character 
as soon yeah. as he's outed to who he really is, he becomes very one note. One note. He's he's just there, and he's not even mustache twirling. He's a lot more subdued, and then he eventually gives himself up and becomes the eradicator. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, that's an interesting way to take that idea from the comics. But even that, like, and this is a writing issue. This isn't a performance issue. I'm like, Clark literally brought your mother back to have this conversation, and he never brought up. Yeah, I just spoke to mum. She doesn't like what you're doing. He thinks you're being a dick. Yeah, like, (laughs) you know, you just brought something interesting there, and and. when I was watching, I'm thinking, is this due to COVID restrictions or is this just like what was in the story from the very beginning? Just actors playing multiple characters. Like the actress playing Lana is also Lara. And then Clark at one time, or sorry, Hecklin, is no longer Clark or Superman. He's now General Zod. Yeah. I, I wonder, yeah, I, it, that feels very much like, oh, COVID, we're going to want to bring in extra people, especially only for an episode or two. And we're looking at possession. Let's have it be a, a possession thing rather than a, uh, re- a proper a resurrection thing. Because there was quite, quite a bit of that going on. And then it makes sense yeah. that you'd have uh, Elizabeth Tulloch playing the alternate Earth Lois, one that is with, let's talk about that character. Before it's revealed who the mysterious stranger in the armor was, like the, the way <laughs> the way that pilot ended, and the pilot was longer than a standard CW pilot as well. It was like just over an hour, where his normal yeah. episodes were about what 41, 42 minutes. So yeah. it was a, a longer pilot, and it, yeah, as you say, you so you've got this mysterious stranger going up against Superman. He knows that he's Kal-El. He's using kryptonite. He's um, speaking Kryptonian. And he takes the helm off at the end, and the AI refers to him as Captain Luther, end of pilot. And you're like, yeah. what? <laughs> what, is, yeah. what is going on? But then as the episodes go on, you find out that it's John Henry Irons from a parallel Earth who used Lex Luthor's armor. And on his Earth, he was not only married to Lois, they had a child, Natasha, who in the comics, I believe, was his niece, but it's their child in the show. And yep. on live television, Superman, with his heat vision, murders Lois Lane. Yeah. Wow. So it's that character, now on Earth Prime, and he's essentially Steel. So we've got Eradicator, we've got Steel, no Superboy, no... Cyborg Superman, but we've got two of the Supermen from the reign of the Superman storyline, which is pretty cool. And this is yeah. still without the S and without the red cape. So very much like the Shaq O'Neal movie from 97. Yeah. Um, kind of <laughs> looks like Master Chief, the armor. Yeah. But, you know, it makes more sense. He's, it's a military tool that he's adapted rather than being something he created with a specific purpose. Um, I do. I think he did a great job. He's played by uh, Wally Parks. Um, really, really good job. Uh, it was a good story arc for him as well. I like the slow reveal of exactly who is what, who he is. 
um, you know, the motivation of like, he destroyed my world. And I spent the whole time, like, you know, for after on that pilot, like, so he's an alien, like he's from another world yeah, and he yeah. somehow mixed up Clark with a uh, Superman with like Rod or something. And then, you know, as it get, I get more and more, I'm like, Oh, he's from an alternate earth. Okay. Okay. And like you said, like Luther, you get a shot of him. He's got a bald head. I'm like, is this Lex Luthor? Uh, and then, yeah, when you get that full reveal, I'm like, ah, oh, that makes so much more sense. He's Doesn't it, though? Feel- like, you know, yeah. when it was revealed that it was John Henry Irons, you're like, oh, of course he is. And then when he starts using a big hammer, you're like... Yeah, you're like... Yeah. Yeah, like, how did I not pick his before? It's silly. But when, when they finally unite, I mean, you have that moment where Steel, let's call him Steel, is close to killing Superman and, you know, protecting the world from this monster that wiped out his earth and then they become allies and they've got great chemistry together. It was really cool. Yeah. Cause you know, we've talked about how this is Arrowverse outside of that one episode with John Diggle. It feels so separate, which yeah. again, I do like, but it's also good that I like that. It's almost as if they're just building their heroes like their own little corner of the Arrowverse. So now we've got Superman, Steel. We don't know what season two is going to bring. What I'm kind of hoping they do is we know that the Supergirl show's ending. It would be really cool if we got a different version of Kara Zor-El and they actually introduced Power Girl. Yeah, that's that something I've always be, thought. That would be cool, just... Then you have a different actress. It's still Kara from Krypton, and it's separate yeah. to what they've done in the Supergirl show. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, but anyway, that's and- season two. But this this actor, I say, Wale, we get good performance out of him, and jump to the ending. His daughter yeah. turns up, and not just his daughter. She sees Lois and calls her mum. Like ah, oh, more drama. Because yeah. then it's like, so are they like step-siblings, half-siblings? I mean, how is that going to work with the Kent boys? Yeah. Now they've kind yeah. of got a sister. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it is, I, 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 is she going to move in? Like, it'd be a number on her as well. Like, you, what do you mean you're not my mom? Like, look at you. It's horrendous. Mom. She witnessed her mom die, and now she's stuck yeah. across from her. And that alone, like, when you see... Uh, Zeta Rowe about to do to, to this Lois what Clark or Su- Evil Superman did to their Lois. It's like same rooftop, it's day instead of night. She's on TV doing the same sort of thing, and you're like, huh, this is that's clever. It's really a well composed shot. Like, I hope that seems like something they thought out in advance. Um, and Jonathan had seen the video footage from John's. Uh, computer system so he he recognized it immediately like this is how mom dies yeah like he was going to witness it on live television like that was all really well put together really good beat um but yeah yeah wally like amazing amazing performance like he always felt tense like appropriately like he's walls up it makes sense you know his uh, frustration at his ai uh who's voiced by daisy torme um yeah, he was amazing. Um, what we haven't gotten around to talk to is actually the Kent boys. I was uh, yes. starting, 
<laughs> I was going to say. Jordan Kent, uh, Alex Garfin. He's the brother who has the social anxiety and has the Kryptonian abilities. Like he's, they're manifesting in him. Um, I, that was obvious for me, the bait and switch in the pilot of like out of the two of them who was going to have powers. I'm like, you've made it too obvious that it should be Jonathan given his temperament. I'm go- it's definitely going to be Jordan. And plus and, we know Jonathan from the comics. So that seems yeah. like the, the obvious cho- choice. Yeah. Um, but it works. Like uh, he does, a, he does a good job. Um, you you know he doesn't do like a big one eighty of like, oh now I have powers, I have all this extra confidence. He's still no, he's still he's still the same character. He's inheriting his powers, but at a different pace and not quite the same way that I mean I think for Clark to make reference to him being like six, like it was you know it was really young in the show when he first started developing powers and now. Jordan is a, it's a lot older. Yes, yeah, so it's very yeah. different, and they're not. He's not quite as powerful. And there's that bit where Superman takes him to the fortress. Jor-El, evil Jor-El, <laughs> he runs. <laughs> he runs a scan, and he's like, "No, he, he doesn't find anything." So it's, his powers are definitely developing in a different way. You know, on Jor-El, I like the fact that Jordan is named after Jor-El. Yeah. So you got yeah, it's clever. And then Jonathan, obviously Jonathan, Jonathan Kent, Park Kent. Of course, that one's a yeah. bit more obvious, a bit more straightforward. Yeah, it it is a bit confusing in the casting though because the guy playing Jonathan Kent, his first name is Jordan. Jordan. And, yeah, I thought the same thing. <laughs> like, look, that's when it first. I think maybe the first episode it aired, and Elizabeth Tullock, she did a piece to camera, like you can see it on YouTube where she's just explaining who's playing who because people were getting confused that an actor named Jordan wasn't playing Jordan. Yeah, because it seems like, oh, he'd just naturally respond because... (laughs) It would be odd, wouldn't it, if that's your name? But we've got Jordan Elsass who's playing Jonathan Kent and he's, you know, the kind-hearted, athletic son. You know, he is a bit of a dick at times, but not too much like more in a playful yeah. way but yeah he is is there for his brother his family he's obviously he, he has success on the football team in metropolis he had a you know he's in a relationship and all of a sudden he's got he's had to move away so he's finding it hard but i like for the yeah. most part he is there for for his family yeah and he's like the rock he's the one doing all the sacrifice he's the one that even late into the season hasn't settled into Smallville. He's being overlooked completely because with Jordan's abilities, he's the one making an impact on the football team. Um, no one wants to give him a chance because he's Metropolis and they're like kind of got a chip on their shoulder of like, oh, big city boy wants to come and take our number one spot in the and quarterback and all that sort of stuff. And you can feel his frustration. You know, the actor did a brilliant job of like still being beat because he's still – he's. Having sort of successful up until this point, he has all that confidence and swagger. Um, but he's still like not nah, family. Like he's having to cover for his brother all the time, for his parents, and takes on all the burdens, and doesn't ask for anything back. And anytime he steps out, he always everything always hits him hard. Like, how dare you do this? And you're like, man, he's having a cough a lot of crap. <laughs> okay, I just want to say I agree with that completely, and I feel like it was really harsh. 
when I called him a dick. I just meant yeah. <laughs> at times oh. he had a bit of his chip on his shoulder. But I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, he does get overlooked a lot. And to begin with, like, you know, his, his parents thought he was the one that was showing abilities. The fact that he was, you know, with his age and, and how well he was doing at football, that maybe there's some latent Kryptonian abilities there. It's interesting between the two. I mean, the twins, clearly not identical. And I'm pretty yeah. sure in real life, the actors aren't even the same age. Yeah. Not, you know, I was reading as well, like, apparently, they're only something like maybe 15, 16 years younger than Tyler Hecklin, who's played their dad. Yeah. Which, you know, yeah. depending where you're from, that tracks, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but it would have been a very, very young, young parent. Yeah, they do uh, make that reference in like the pilot of like Clark. You haven't aged a day since high school. I swear to God, because you're like, all right, yeah, you got your little lick in there of like, yeah, he looks real young for his age for someone who's supposed to be approaching forty. Yeah, I mean that's a good point, and that's kind of always been there with Superman. Superman, and and you know whether it's comics, TV, film, it does come up as a topic of conversation, like Lois and Clark. They, they had it there. Like, you know, Lois recognises that, you know, she's going to age and he ages a lot slower. Yeah. So um, it does yeah. it does track. I mean, the actress playing Lois in this show is older and that's yep. been the way almost always. You know, from Margaret yeah. Kidder, Terry Hatcher. Yeah, and it always makes sense because she's more experienced. She's the senior reporter whenever superman starts the planet and she has all the experience um and to get that across in terms of acting it's just easier to have an older actress because she'll naturally have a little bit of that like oh, i'm older than you like naturally talk down a little bit to whoever um but yeah uh jordan's love interest for the show uh, Sarah Cushing, played by Indy Navarrete, the daughter of Lana Lang, which I found strange the whole season. I'm like, you're dating the daughter of a chick your dad dated. Like, they never act, uh, objectively say that they dated in school, rather than that, that she's his, like, best friend. I'm like, yeah, but in the comics and in all other forms of media, they absolutely dated. They um, did, but it's not spelled out that they dated on the show. But with this person dating that person who knows this person, small town. (laughs) Yeah. It's a small town. It's like for Ing and Perth. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly right. But she's the wild child. She's got a dark past. Um, At one time, I think Lana, you know, found her trying to overdose or whether it was accidental. So there was that story point, and then she related very quickly to Jordan. She recognised him taking some tablets, and yeah. they and they'd met each other previously. So you've got the the young friendship, the teens, and I did buy the quick connection that they they all had. And yeah, Sarah, I do like like that character. I mean, she's going through a lot and. Jordan's going through something very similar, but on top of that, he's got the powers. Yeah. What we were saying before about, you know, feeling sorry for Jonathan. 
the character I feel sorry for most in this show, Kyle Cushing, Sarah's yeah. dad, played by Eric Valdez. He was like a heroic firefighter, popular in town, and he wanted what was best for Smallville. Morgan Edge was going to bring jobs. Clearly, he backed the wrong horse. But wow, yeah. I feel like people... turn on him. Yeah. They really overreacted with him. Like, you know, graffiti in his house. So you've got vandalism and smashed windows. Even, they don't want him at work, so he's not getting paid. And you're like, this is a small town. And this is a person that served you and been here his whole life. And you're pushing them into bankruptcy. Like, you won't let his wife give a new job either. Like, it's they went hard on the whole family but yeah he he copped the brunt of it yeah um i really felt for the guy him and the langs all the cushings because lana yeah. she hyphenates the name doesn't she she's yeah. the lang cushing yeah um yeah they and you do spend a lot of time with this family as well um later on like in the last few episodes it's almost a distracting thing when they're like like having like a water fight while they're cleaning the graffiti off the house. Meanwhile, people are being possessed by Kryptonians and there's like big battles <laughs> going on. I'm like, hey, uh, is this a weird I mean, way to juxtapose this? I'm like, I'm I don't like, you... I'm, I'm almost on the verge of like the whole Kryptonian possession thing being my least favorite thing about the show, but it's kind of the main villain plot. Of like yeah. the, whole, the whole season. I'm much more interested in what the other other characters are doing but yeah again let's move away from all that yeah the Cushing household though they're dealing with a lot he's kind of jealous of her because she has she can't cut catches interest from Morgan Edge as someone who's clearly like oh she's got a head on her shoulders um he thinks she's actively trying to stop him from moving forward with something with Morgan Edge, well, she is because I'm mean, good to say, him. yeah, she was, she was, she was instrumental. Yeah, yeah. Him, and he, she was also correct. She was also correct, but you know, he's got a, a problem with alcohol as well, which you have, you know, a very different kind of types of family problems, probably more relatable, of like you know, small town America, which is dying because everyone leaves to go to the city. Um, yeah, they and they all do a really good job. That's really well handled. Um, Lana Lang, of course, played by Emmanuel uh, Tricky. Is that how you pronounce his surname? It's a tricky one. I was hoping yeah. you'd say it before me. Yeah, uh, Creek, I think, I believe it's Creek. Uh, I've seen her in so many things. I'm pretty sure she was in uh, what's the HBO series uh, by War- Warburg, um, where he's like the actor. So I'm drawing a blank. HBO, Warburg, no idea. Yeah, it's based on Warburg's life. Uh, it's like a click because they're, they're, they're the actor. Entourage, thank you. She wasn't in that, was she? That was years ago. Yeah. Was she in that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure she was. She the was thing... uh, the love interest for the the agent, the handler. Um, wow. Ryan, Ryan, like the blonde guy who actually okay. got the... Did, yeah. Um, That's such also, a long, I mean, long time ago. I saw her recently in a film, Die in a Gunfight. She played a character named Barbie. 
believe it or not, with blonde hair. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's the um, that's the most recent thing I saw her in. You know, she's. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I don't think she doesn't necessarily click as Lana for me. I mean, she's yeah. she's fine, but I don't know. It's not like she's not what I'd think of with Lana Lang. Like I know, typically Lana is a redhead, but we've not really had Lana portrayed by a redhead anyway. No, usually know. brunettes. Um, I well, think it's just... because she looks too exotic for small town America. Because the actress is... Is she French-Canadian? But you're saying Israeli... that. What about Smallville? Kristen Kruick? Canadian. Oh, is she? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I suppose filmed in Canada. A, lot, a lot of these Arabs shows to go for Canadians. But yeah, there's yeah. just something about the actress. I mean, of course, I watched and accepted her as Lana. Yeah. But yeah, she... Um, well, and they do bring it up. Like, she had... Uh, in college, you know, she went to college. She got qualifications. And she should have been able to go and kind of write a check anywhere. But stayed around in Smallville. And it's part of the frustration of, like, I stay in this town I love and it's dying, and I'm watching it happen as the person who handles everyone's, like, mortgages. Um, but, yeah, uh, I mean, she does a really good job. She is playing, you know, a mother. Uh, they completely ignore the younger daughter from vast quantities of this show. <laughs> Massively. <laughs> Who's that? Sophie, the rebellious yeah. daughter. Apparently she's rebellious. We never see her. But she's... Yeah. Yeah, she's the other Cushing in, in the show. Yeah, um, but I'm like, that's that's uh, she, you know, younger our child actors have bigger restrictions in terms of like work hours and that kind of stuff. I mean, and they had a lot on the plate for the whole season as well. Like, like would you have a like an eight year old like, oh, this is all our family drama that you we have been shielding from? We're gonna tell you, no, they they won't be involved. But uh, I did notice how. Uh, how much she was gone. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, because sometimes she's just not even there. Like, yeah. You can go episodes. Even when you're spending time at their house, she's just not there. Yeah. You know, we should probably oh. talk about the Kent some more. And not the ones that we've spoken about already. Jonathan Kent. We have him in the pilot, yep. played by Fred Henderson. Just like Superman the movie, dies of a heart attack. Clark is a teenager. And that's something that works so well about Superman the movie and works so well about this, that with all his powers and abilities, there's nothing he could do to save his dad. Yeah. Man um, of Steel, Henry Cavill. There's a lot of like totally about the movie. He could, have, he could have definitely saved Kevin Costner. Yeah. But not from a heart attack. So I think this is a much better way to go because you've got the loss. It's a learning moment. And yeah. Yeah. So, and and it's again, also, it's, yeah, it's, it's also the, uh, the impetus of him leaving Smallville. Like it, it's, he's, he's missing context. He's angry uh, and he needs answers. And so he leaves to go to the fortress and start his, Kryptonian training and like like you said it's it's always it's always worked this way this is probably the purest form of uh 
the the Jonathan Kent story. Um, yeah, it's it's smart. It is. And it, it's the, it's the best way in in a, in in the version where his parents are no longer alive. This is the best way to do it. I am a yeah. fan of the John Byrne era. You know, Lois and Clark in the nineties of having his parents there. I do like that as well. But if you're going to have him lose his parents, heart attack. I mean, it sounds grim the way we're talking about it, but heart attack yeah. is, is the best way for Jonathan to go. But not only Jonathan, we've got Martha Kent played by Michelle Scarabelli. Pilot one, they take her. Yeah, they do take her. But they, the way that they take her is so powerful because yeah, Clark he's is so in Metropolis. Busy. He's so busy, but Clark's in Metropolis. He gets a call about his mother and he drops everything he's gone. Yeah. I love that. I absolutely yeah, and, love that. Yeah, but he doesn't get there in time to say goodbye because the distance having to travel. But the, the, like, the is it the doctor or the nurse who's there? She's like, but yeah. how did you get here? And he just goes straight yeah. in and yeah. And on his way there, he hears her say, you know, like, her final words, like, come yeah, home. Come, yeah. Come home. Yeah. And I still don't feel as though we've got the true meaning of what was happening there. I mean, obviously he yeah. just took it as like, come home, bring your family to Smallville. I don't yeah. think that's what that was about, but that's how they've interpreted it. Yeah. Yeah. I but actually it was, it had was, that written down in my notes of like, you can't take Marva Kent in episode one. That's not fair. <laughs> but the way they did it, though, and it was just, I just love, I don't know, there's, just, there's, a, there's a lot, like, just on, a, on like an emotional level, a lot that happens in the show that just, I, I don't know, it really, it really touches me, and I really feel something for it. And, and there's just, I don't know, there's just something about, like, a loved one a mother like being in a moment and she calls out and she needs you and just having the ability to just be there there's just something so powerful about that and that we're getting to see it you know through a character that can do all those things but just like yeah. with jonathan and his heart attack he, no stopping it, this it's it was beyond his ability it wasn't enough but then we get that thing you know we get the story point from lana that she remortgaged the farm like she paid it all off but the reason why she did it it's because she was helping out other people in Smallville. Like she was paying yeah. off for medical treatments, loans, or what, whatever it was. Like financially, she was there to support people. And then Lana makes the comparison between Martha and Superman. And ah, oh, there's just, yeah, there's so many good moments. And obviously, there's a lot of loss in this show as well. Um, but yeah, yeah. You're right. They they took Martha maybe a bit too early, but they had to yeah. get they had to get the family to the farm. Yeah, and they you know they do flashbacks where you get more of the actress. Um, yes, and she's great in all of it. It's just I'm so used to so, my Superman shows having a Martha Kent in them. But that's the thing, yeah. You know, even Diane Lane in the in the DC EU, we've we've got a Martha. She's still she's still around. The beginning yep. of the episode, we get Perry White, uh, played by Paul Jarrett. Yep. There he is, editor-in-chief at the Daily Planet. Ron Troop, he's in there as well. Like I mainly know him from Superman in the 90s in the comics. But, of course, no Jimmy Olsen. 
because he's they, on Tivigo. Yeah, well, he isn't anymore. He hasn't been for a while, but they've kind of already used that character. Mentioned, I mean, the show or the season ends with Natalie Irons, who in the yeah. comics does become a costume superhero herself. I can't remember. What's the name? I can't remember her superhero identity. But I do... Uh, I remember reading Infinity Inc. And she was a, a member of that team. Yeah. Um, but like her uncle, John I Henry, yeah. she's got the S on a steel costume. Yeah. And the, and yeah. No, not off the top of my head. I remember they statu- they did a statue of her like a few years back. And even I was like, who is this? But this is a different <laughs> version anyway. So she's, yeah. Someone who she's works not... at a comic book store, <laughs> reads the Superman comics, and this character of the statues pops in. I'm like, who is this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, now I'm wishing that we'd, we'd prepped that. It's, yeah. I'm, we'll be I'm good. sure as soon as we read it, we'll, oh, that's it. That's who it is. Yeah. It'd be but something can... like Steelette or something. No, it's not. But what I can say, it's Tyler Book. That's the actress. Yep. So I don't know who Natalie Irons becomes, the superhero alias, because maybe maybe we're going to get that. Who knows? Yeah. In the end, season two. Um, because she did help her father build the original steel suit. So we know she's got the super smarts for it. Yeah, um, true. So we, we, could, we could see that in the show. And I guess the only other character we've... We've talked about him already. We've got David Ramsey reprising his role as John Diggle. Yeah, and he's always perfect. He's such a... He, I mean, I always thought he was good on Arrow, but he's so comfortable in that role. I always get a smile on my face when he turns up, whether it's in uh, Flash or Batwoman or this. I'm like, oh, God. Like, give him his own show. Like, or find him, find well, find definitely. a way to have him as a permanent member on someone else's. But well, they're still teasing Green Lantern, like we talked about it when we did our review of Batwoman, because he'd appeared in season two of that show. I've now seen the Old West themed episode of Legends of Tomorrow where he's not playing John Diggle, but Sarah Lance says, "Hey, you look like John Diggle." <laughs> so that's in there and what else haven't i seen i think there's an upcoming episode of supergirl that is yet to be in but yeah he was certainly yeah. doing the rounds but i'd like to see him yeah you're right actually i don't think he'd get his own show but just have him be a supporting character in a show because david ramsey is great but john diggle is also great that he plays yeah. that character so well so he'd like i'd like to see more of that I had a quick check as we were talking. So the superhero alias of Natasha Irons is actually Steel. Yeah. What an anticlimax that is. <laughs> I thought yeah. she had, but it makes sense. She's got the steel armor, the S, yeah. the, the hammer. Of course she is. I think yeah. she's like the fifth Steel. Yeah, and they couldn't give her a name like Platinum or anything because the metal men have all those elements covered. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, you know, in the comics, she's Natasha. On the show, she's Natalie. Because it was named after Lois's grandmother. Ah, that's right. So maybe this is a completely different character altogether. 
Yeah, I do. I don't think so. I think me neither. The, the, <laughs> leaning. She's getting a superhero identity of some kind, whether it's Steel Junior or whatever. No. But yeah, she's definitely getting, like, well, I guess they don't call him Steel yet, so they can give it to her. I would like, be happy if he started wearing a cape. Apparently, there's some concept art where originally he did have the cape, but they thought yeah. it would be. Well, strange that someone who's trying well, to kill Superman is wearing I was a Superman say, cape. I was going to say maybe the the thought that people would know who he was. People definitely would. Like if we saw a, a Man of Steel, steel armor, red cape, most people yeah. would think, "Hey, maybe that's John Henry Irons under there." So I think that's. Yeah. I think they had the idea initially to use the cape. They decided to drop it. With yeah, we talked about the special effects a little bit, but we could talk about it more. For the most part, I really like what they're doing and how they're portraying the powers. The pilot yeah, the, episode reminded oh. me of Superman three. You know where there's the 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 power plant and it freezes the lake. Yeah, it, yeah. It's like a, a thin, like fill, like a, a thin plate of ice. That it lifts. Yeah, but in this, it's like a big iceberg thing it's that he lifts into the power plant. Show of strength. So I liked that. More so in the earlier episodes, what they tended to do was slow down the action. Like they'd have him yeah. burst through a wall, it'd slow down and maybe cut to another angle. They seemed to move away from that a few episodes in. But to begin with, I really liked visually how that was looking. But whether it's, you know, Superman flying, for the most part, it looks excellent. Yeah. Um, I, f- I have a feeling that as they need- had more and more powered characters, like with all the Kryptonian uh, uh, resurrected people, like if that required more shots so they couldn't be as creative with this, their uh, power shots. Because you have that one when he's reminiscing about his past um, and he, that guy throws two grenades, one on either direction, and they go back to the slow-mo. I'm like, ah! That's right, you were doing some more interesting shots before this. (laughs) Maybe, I mean, we know that this first season's been a hit. And then in the US, shown both on the CW and HBO Max, hopefully that means it might have some more money behind it. But yet, at times, and I think you're right, like when there's less super-powered characters, they can do some really cool visuals with Superman, their show of his powers. That flashback episode, that bad guy, apparently he's from a recent comic run, Superman versus the Clan. And that's where they lifted that character from. So I like the fact that you know the the people behind the show they're clearly looking at the comics. Yeah, well, because I looked at that character as someone who's read Superman for years, going, I don't recognize who this guy is. Yes, yeah, so maybe a year, year and a half ago. That's when that character first appeared yeah but it was cool but, yeah, and, and great seeing that costume again that was it was i know brilliant like that having it in the opening but seeing it again and hopefully surely in season two we're going to get some more flashback episodes because that's just yeah. oh, it's it's i don't know it's the closest i think we've got to christopher reeves superman since christopher reeve i mean brandon ralph did a great job in superman returns but what Tyler Hecklin is doing in the Golden Age suit, I love it. I could watch yeah. 
I could watch a, a spin-off of that, of like <laughs> Superman the Golden Age. I'd, I'd love that. Yeah, yeah, same. I did that, and it just pops because it's a brighter, brighter colors. You know, it's the the fabric's not as complex, um, so it looks it looks more homemade, which I always think makes it more believable. In terms of like, well, like I've gone to comic cons. That that's what people. That's that's fabric. That's fabric that someone can go down to a fabric store and buy. We're getting some really good Superman costumes on the small screen. I mean, again, like the main costume the Lou used for the show looks excellent, and the Golden Age costume is probably my favourite from the show. But then, if you look yeah. at what they did in the the Crisis crossover. When oh, they the had to come Superman. Brandon Routh wearing that costume, and it's like, this is what they can do on a TV budget. Give us more of that. Like, you look at the costume they give Henry Cavill. It's so intricate and detailed, and there's all these different parts to it. No. It's like, in comics, when like, the best way to draw the Flash is as, like, as little lines as possible. Like, because yeah. it, it's one of the best costumes in comics, but when they put extra added details like running lines or whatever they might add to it, it's not necessary. Just have it looking like the Golden Age suit, the Kingdom Come suit. Yeah. You don't need um, to make it look more than that. Yeah, and it's it makes your special effects shots easier because it's easier to match up those because you don't have to keep the patterns like flowing if you're doing something like completely cgi um it's it you can do some more dynamic lighting shots as well um and also you know because in comics the reason they try to keep them simple is they've got to replicate that every single page of every single issue the more complicated it is the longer the turnaround and the more likely it's going to be inconsistent like you can use that on tv like you know the master is to simplify i think that golden age suit proves just I mean, how good it looks. I mean, it, it's got to be easier to light as well. You think, it's you think. all reflective and things of that nature. Like I'm sure it comes with its own problems of like the actor overheating because it doesn't breathe as well. Um, if it gets wet, it probably holds, retains water and stuff, but you can film on a soundstage. But, you, know, you, can, you can work around these things, have multiple <laughs> costumes. Yeah. I, um, I'm very confident that suit's coming back in season two. And if they release a pop vinyl, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get the Golden Age Superman costume. It looks, yeah, it looks fantastic. And it's, it's the difference in the performance of Superman whenever he's in the Golden Age suit. He's just, he's so happy and bouncy. Like he's, yeah, he has like a hey. Like, I wonder if that's just Tyler see, having walked out the uh, change room and seen that and being like, "Oh, this is the Superman I remember." <laughs> and he and he's clean shaven as well. Like, that's yeah, probably worth yeah. noting that Superman modern day Super Dad isn't clean shaven. He's always got like a thin veil of stubble, so you don't get that when he was younger as well. I guess that's to show the difference in age and where he's where he's at in life. You know, before this show, and one of the handful of episodes that Tyler Hecklin appeared in Supergirl, there's one where 
Supergirl and Superman, they save somebody. I think it must have been from the second season. Maybe the season. Second season, first first time he, yeah, the first time he yeah, was on the show. Yeah, that's when he appears, and they save. Was it a plane or something? And they they save. There's a. Yeah, something. Yeah, something small. It's but... been a while since I've seen it, but anyway, they save people together, and then they set them down, and then Supergirl says to Superman, "I like to go and say something after. I like to go and say hello," and then just the way that he would say, "Me too," and he goes over with her. I don't. There was just we talked about you know the costume and and everything that came before the show, but there was something there with the actor from the very beginning. We got to first yeah. see it in Supergirl, and like we've said, it's just magnified in this show. I I think he's excellent as Superman, and it's it, it's a fun show. I'm just looking forward to a second season that isn't about Kryptonian essence or spirits possessing humans from small. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and you know, hopefully, uh, with more people vaccinated they can be a bit more uh you know I'm, all of the shows i watched this season this tv season i've always thought about that I'm like oh i wonder if that moment there was they came up with that because of the restrictions they've had to work under uh brooklyn 99 uh the episodes of that i felt are very like there's only like three or four people in these shots Honestly, like it felt I, smaller yeah, as an I've entire noticed, season. I've noticed that like recently, like today, I watched a couple of episodes of Supergirl of the current season to catch up, and it's really noticeable outside shots. Yeah. And there's nobody around. If they're yeah, inside, exactly. you don't notice it as much. But when they're outside yeah. and there's nobody walking the dog, going for a jog, there's just nobody. <laughs> Yeah, it's really yeah. So it, yeah, it works for this because they're in a small town, and there's a most of the, a lot of the shots are either in a school or on the farm. Like, why would there be other people on the farm? It's someone's house. And again, like replicating the same faces in the background. It's a small town. It makes sense. I do know that there was a planned crossover with uh, Batwoman, the second season of that show, and they. They cancelled it because they couldn't risk two crews coming together. Yep, they just couldn't risk it. But what they're doing with, I think it's the first five episodes of the final, I was going to say final season of The Flash. That's not coming to an end, at least as far as I'm aware, it's still going. But the next season, they're going to have, who are they having? that different characters are going to appear from different shows, like Chris Williams is coming back as Black Lightning. Yeah. I think that's true. I just made it up, but I'm pretty sure he's going to be in there. Batwoman, Ryan Wilder, is going to be part of the crossover. Alex Danvers from Supergirl is going to be yep. in it. Nobody from Superman and Lois is going to cross over, but they're doing like a mini crossover, all appearing in The Flash only. So they're not doing like the big standard like crisis level, Elseworlds level crossovers. So it's good to hear they're starting to do some crossovers, but they're still looking to play fairly, fairly safe. Yeah, which I understand because with a tight TV schedule, you can't have your main actors out because 
you had them cross across. I mean, it does. It, it makes sense. Multiple, like like yeah. three or four different shows. <laughs> I mean, if we're talking about, again, I'm pretty sure Chris Williams is coming back as Black Lightning. I know that show was wrapped and I'm just finishing it on Netflix. I'm finally catching up with the final season. But that's, that's over. Like, there's no more Black Lightning. But I'm sure that he is part of the crossover. But that's going yeah, guess... to happen later, like later on in the year. Yeah. Um, we should probably get around to our ratings. Uh, How do you find the season overall? Well, I, I'll say this. I, I looked forward to it week to week, and I'd watch it each, each week that it aired. I probably like the, I like the show a lot more than I enjoyed it week to week. And a lot of that is to do with Morgan Edge and the Kryptonians. Yeah. Well, there's, I mean, I'd say putting that to one side, I mean, that's a big part of the show. But if we're looking at the performances and, and the effects and, do you know what? I'm going to say this. Let me just say this. It's bold, but I'm going to say I love this show, but I love that we've got a Superman show and we're getting a Superman story that we've not been told in live action before. But if we're going to break the show down and critique it, like me saying I love something, you're thinking, wow, that sounds like a five-star show. It's not that. It it really isn't because there is problems with it. But I enjoyed it week to week. The performances from the main players are solid. I'm looking forward to that second season. I'm going to come in at a four out of five. Yeah. Um, I'm going to echo your thoughts on this uh again going back to the time that all these shows being made i wouldn't be surprised if they had other plans in terms of story arcs for the season and had to reduce scope because they couldn't have people keep coming up on the show for uh uh work reasons and covid reasons but i thought all the main uh, stars, all the performances were great. Uh, all the interactions were great. All the family dynamics worked really well. Um, I really enjoyed it. It was I watched this working on site, so I was watching it predominantly on my phone, which probably also took slightly away from the my, my enjoyment because it was such a tiny screen to be watching a show that I'd normally watch on my big screen at home. But the emotional beats landed. Um, the I just like I've always liked Superman shows. I've watched all of them, and it doesn't ever alter. Um, but just like yourself, with that main story arc, feeling like ah, oh, we're still with these guys. There's nothing new in these. I don't like the the way it's coming across. Like I'm tired of this. I want something new. Dragging it down. Um, Personal enjoyment's quite high. Um, but yeah, I'd put story-wise at a three and a half, but my own personal enjoyment and the performances from the the, the mainstays of this series at a four out of five. That's fair. That's pretty well, that's pretty decent. That's pretty great, really. So we both come in four out of five. Yeah, there's so much to like about this show. And and I think we're pretty much in agreement, just what we like most about it is that we've got Superman 
back on TV. Yeah. yeah. And with a great Lois, you know, really good family dynamics. Um, every, yeah. Everyone is just really well cast. It's just, and now you've got yourself established, you know, it's like we, we echo this a lot on when it comes to first seasons of shows of like, just really looking forward to what they can do now. Now that all the, all the groundwork is laid. Um, and, you know, they've proven it on all the other shows, the Arrows, the Splashes, the Batwomans, the Supergirls, the DC Legends of Tomorrow's, the Titans. Like, they know how to really progress a show into the second and third season. So really looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. Well, that's it for our episode all about Superman and Lois season one. If you want to contact us about this episode, or suggest a topic for an upcoming episode, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. You've been listening to Luke and Jay, the guys from Sounds Like Comics. See you soon.